Hello and hi, welcome to another Slice of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and my guest today is Imagine Science Film Festival founder and artistic director Alexis Gambus, who we haven't talked to in a very, very long while, but he's here to enlighten us, update us on the 15th annual film festival, which will be happening from October 14th to the 21st in New York City. And uh, for those who aren't familiar, the film festival each year has themes. And this year's theme is Science New Wave. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Alexis, welcome back. Yeah, thanks for having me, Summer. It's great to be here after, <laughs> after 10 years. Should do this every 10 years. Oh, no, no, no. We should do this like at least every year because for a while you were, there was like the, the European Imagine Science Festival and then there was the, uh, there was another one I think in Dubai, was it? Yeah, we, well, we the the one in New York happens every year, but we we had we have these like satellite festivals that sort of started happening. Uh, one in the Middle East in Abu Dhabi, one in Paris. Uh, we did one in Berlin. We we've had a few of those, but the the one in New York is kind of the the annual one that we have every year. The the main one, the one where everybody is submitting to and being. Uh, I guess networky about science filmmaking, uh, not just documentaries uh, highlighting uh, discoveries in science, but also science-based storytelling. And so first tell us what has changed in the past 10 years, because this has grown so much. Uh, well, we got, we just went through a pandemic, which has kind of changed <laughs> a bunch of things about the the festival. But yeah, I think the the main changes at Imagine Science are the existence of a of kind of a platform that we have um, that helps us kind of build the community. It's called Labo Scene, like Laboratory Cinema, um, and it's a platform that supports the festival because a lot of people continue conversations online um and then basically we also have like films that play at the festival that then end up on the platform afterwards so it's kind of like a netflix for for science films and then we um we also have uh i apologize for the honking there <laughs> well, welcome to new york city really uh, yeah i'm actually in brooklyn so it shouldn't be that bad but, um <laughs> But we also have a lot more feature films as well. Uh, we have like a huge program of feature films. The festival initially, when we spoke like 10 years ago, it was short films. And now it's it includes, you know, I think this year we have over 35 features. So it's it's huge. Um, and as any other film festival, we were interested in keeping this hybrid format, right? We have both mm -hmm. physical events but we also have kind of the online um, portion. And um, yeah, it's grown, you know, Imagine Science has become like a, like a really important festival. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the science in a way, but an important festival for scientists and artists and filmmakers meeting and also kind of the celebration of experimentation, you know, like this idea that you can experiment in how you make science films. And the Labocine is really to help with 
uh, people who want to virtually attend the festival, right? Yeah, so that's part of it is that we're trying to like extend it out of New York, which has always been a goal of ours is to, is to, with the satellite events to have like ways in which people can also tune in from other places. Um, so that's one aspect and also kind of just building the community, you know, like making sure that people, because there's a lot of artists and there's a lot of scientists that are interested in kind of this intersection. And, um, and we want to make sure that even before, during, and after the festival, these people continue conversations and, you know, and we feel like the platforms that exist now, like Netflix, um, and also like even the platforms that are networking, like, you know, LinkedIn, they don't really tap into this kind of ecosystem of artists and scientists and so so that's why we created it. Well, the fact that it's still growing, uh, despite two years of pandemic travel mayhem, uh, says a lot about the the expectations people have for the festival, the the desire for them to get their films at this festival to be seen, because this is where people go to see these types of films. Uh, what what have you seen? What can you, I guess, uh, expand upon about the the changes in how the films were being made? What sort of things are different now than ten years ago? Um, it's a good question. I mean, every year we see like specific topics. That, um, obviously, during the pandemic, there was a lot of films that were made around the pandemic, but also around, um, you know, like solitude, isolation, um, you know, there was a lot of also more personal films, like kind of like these films about scientists sharing their, their kind of their inner thoughts and anxieties. And um, I think what's changed, you know, so many of the films that we show, uh, you know, a lot of them are in other festivals, like in Sundance and um, in documentary festivals as well. We, we, we don't specifically focus on documentary fiction animation. We're interested in all of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, we're interested in how people are talking or, or making films about science in, in, in new ways or kind of in very kind of singular ways, right? Whether it's, um, whether, whether it's like blending archives with fiction, whether it's, you know, showing experiments on screen, whether it's like an obs observational doc. Um, and because we became really interested in kind of tapping into these types of films that are kind of like hybrid and how they speak about science, we came up with this movement called the Science New Wave, um, where we kind of talk a little bit about the, the relationship between science and cinema and the things that we're looking for um, and the things people should pay attention to when they make science films. Um, one of them is this idea that culture is science and science is culture, that, you know, we can have scientific stories that are um, kind of have a cultural lens to them and that's what makes them beautiful. It doesn't always have to be the same specific types of science films that we sometimes see. Um, another one is this idea that experiments, like the, the idea of doing experiments um, either in the laboratory or field work, those are also like cinematic um, experiences and people should include those in the film, you know, um, whether you're doing simulations or microscopy or... Um, 
So I think for that reason, we came up with this term and it's really helped us kind of get a lot of these films. What we've seen in this year's edition is a lot of films that are playing with the blend between reality and the virtual world, you know, like kind of how we have like multiple realities, basically, you know, that we kind of <laughs> these uh, different dimensions. And we've seen a lot of that. Of course, there's a lot of films about climate change, but what's interesting about the films about climate change is that there's a lot more, there's a realization that there's other ways of telling those stories. Um, you know, not like your typical, you know, like discovery channel or Nat Geo, but there's like, you know, fictional ways. There's this film that we're showing for our opening night called Utama that won the grand jury prize at Sundance. And it's about droughts in the, in the arid lands of Bolivia. And it's about this like generational film about drought and about transmission. Um, it's just this unbelievable film that speaks about climate change, but also speaks about kind of us on the brink of extinction. Um, it's sort of like a film about these like last people living in this, in these lands trying to survive and trying to pass on their knowledge. And um, so there, there's, there's some of that. And then there's a lot of short film. The short, what's great about short films is that there's a lot more play happening, right? Because you don't need as much funding and money. So there's just like a lot of scientists submitting movies now, um, which was our goal when we started Imagine Science is to get people that were not only filmmakers, but also like scientific scientists, you know, making films. Um, so we have films about like, you know, Mike, like what does a butterfly look like with like uh, high atomic microscopes? Um, we have also films that kind of explore, um, you know, like, uh, like the importance of algae in our world. I mean, we have all kinds of like beautiful films that kind of really get into this kind of like microscopic world and, and the stories around them. So there's a lot of films, so I could think <laughs> a lot about them. Well, fortunately for us, the program, uh, actually by now it should be up on the website because you're... No, it's up. Oh, oh, but it'll be by then, right? Yeah, yeah the, it's, what is it, the... Um... 23rd. Yes, yeah, September 23rd, the schedule went up. It's You're playing at, what, four or five different venues around the city? So we're playing, right, we have... Cinema Village in New York is where all of our feature films are going to be playing um, from the 14th to the 21st. And then we have the Museum of the Moving Image. Mm -hmm. We have this amazing, if people don't know, if people in New York um, should come to this venue called Caveat, which is kind of like a science cabaret. It's like where they have like scientists speak on stage. Um, we have one event there, which is called Symbiosis Lab Meeting, which is like an event where scientists and filmmakers speak about collaborations um kind of like a, almost like a like a speakeasy type of thing um and then union docs is another venue which is um like a documentary organization in brooklyn um and then most of our films are playing online on the platform as well now isn't symbiosis also a short film uh competition yeah, there's so, yeah, so much going on. Symbiosis is a competition where we pair scientists and filmmakers together for eight days, and they make films over the course of those eight days. Wow. Um, and it's an amazing initiative that's presented by Science Sandbox, which is an initiative of the Simons Foundation. 
And it's amazing because you get, for example, like a horror filmmaker that's paired with like a plant biologist <laughs> and they make films over eight days and they have to, they have to kind of present their work midway, which is that event that I mentioned. And then on the closing night of the festival, um, which is on Friday, the 21st, we show the six films that were made as part of this competition. <laughs> and now I want to see a science-based horror film starring plants. We have that. Actually. I, I mentioned that, but that's, that exists. That was made and it's on our platform. Also, a lot of these films that, um, that are made and that are showcased, we're trying to also help with distribution by, by showing them on the platform afterwards. So um, yeah, you can check them out on the platform. We have like a playlist of all of the symbiosis films that were made. Now, has uh, the festival done anything with trying to reach out to young filmmakers, uh, students who are still in high school or college, trying to get them interested in not only filmmaking, but also science? Yeah, I mean, we, that's a big part of what we do. We, we organize, um, I mean, we've done a lot of those kind of workshops trying to get um, high school students um, like making films, like doing like film labs with them. This year, you know, things are a little complicated because a lot of uh, high schools and universities are still closed to, mm -hmm. to the public. Um, but we've worked a lot with Biobus in the past where we have students a little bit like symbiosis, right? Where we give them like challenges about making films on specific topics um, and they make films. And we're, you know, a lot of the people that work at Imagine Science and volunteer, they're, most, of, most of the people are students. So we work with NYU and the new school. Um, but yeah, our, our kind of outreach for the younger generation is, is a big part of what we do. Um, and, to, you know, a lot of what we do is we have the festival and then the festival becomes like a springboard for many other things that happen over the year that we, that we do. So, Talk about some of those, uh, those other projects that the, the film festival helps feed during other times of the year. Well, thanks to Labo Cine, we have, a, we have this kind of um, possibility of having high schools and universities and museums, they contact us and we help curate programs for classrooms, um, whether it's like in high schools or universities. Um, and that happens quite a bit. We get contacted, you know, by like a teacher or a principal or, or a college professor. Um, and we think that one of the one of the big things that we're trying to do is bring science cinema into into education. You know, like students should watch films about genetics, about conservation, but not your like typical, you know, not only films that are maybe on PBS, but like these interesting kind of experimental films, fiction movies. Um, so the big goal for us is to find ways in which these films don't get stuck in the festival world, which is also like very limited to a specific audience, right? People mm -hmm. go to film festivals, you know, it, it's almost like a very kind of inbred like audience. <laughs> so for us, it's really important that these films continue traveling. Um, and I think part of our mission that has been kind of developed over the years is that we communicate science through film, right? So everything that we do is through showing films, curating films, but also having students make films as a way of learning about science. Um, and that's what we do with, with everything that we do with symbiosis, with 
the you know the kind of the outreach programs um, and the platform has really helped us kind of you know retain those those audiences. So yeah, we we do things all the time. I mean, we have over like a hundred different initiatives of people, and you know it's interesting because sometimes these high schools or universities they want to do it themselves they just want to have access to our films and decide and then sometimes they want us to help them curate so everybody has their own way of kind of tailoring their kind of curricular programs into their into their spaces yeah i remember uh some of the early films we talked about were actually scientists doing sort of like presentations updates on their research and at the time i thought that is so much better than publishing a paper in a journal because more people will sit down and watch a film about uh, you know a scientist's research in a particular topic yeah. than you know than read a journal uh, paper about it and just the idea of that filtering down to uh, university students and even high school students is. Uh, fascinating to me because it gets to me it seems like it would get the high school students thinking not only about how they do uh, the science research and the science experiments but expand their perspective on how to tell people what they're doing it's like here this is what I do and that could lead to all sorts of avenues like uh research grants and scholarships and it just the the possibilities for that are uh could profoundly change some aspects of education and i'm all for that <laughs> it's no it's i mean i we could some like that's such an important like point that this idea of like um like scientists being able to share their work and also this like the growing kind of aspect of like video right like visualizing your research mm-hmm whether it's through imagery or through like through filmmaking, right? Like many scientists are now making films for the purposes of their research, right? They're making like a one minute video about like cell dividing. And when you show that to like, you know, to any audience, but like a younger audience, for example, they're not only going to be interested in the topic, but also how it was filmed. What is the story, you know, like from what perspective, like there's so many things that open up um in terms of like what this video means is it objective is it somewhat subjective in terms of how the lighting is and you know what is the time span of it is it like one minute you know i mean there's so many things so we we have this project also on level scene called scenes which are like little videos from scientists um that we are now showcasing and um and using that as a way for people to get excited about both science and kind of the magic of cinema and, and of like recording something. So, yep, we've come a long way from the days of uh, high-speed cameras watching a uh, cocoon open and finding out whether it's a butterfly or a moth. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, that's what we always think. Also, when we watch like um, you know nature shows, we have like these specific ways of thinking about these like timeline, like planet Earth, and but now there are so many like. Um, films that also like take a take a very specific perspective on how they film things they add like music they they may change the way they display things they may do like a split screen 
it's it's all of it is for me is fascinating because it also shows you how scientists are thinking not only about the research but they're also thinking like in a cinematic way like what is the best way for me to to tell this research so that it gets it gets you know disseminated to to an audience yeah because like the you don't want it to be too simple but you don't want it to be too complicated but you still want to get uh, your your point across, your data across, your 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 information, your results across, so that the people seeing it understand and actually like take something away from that that they can yeah. use. You know, it's like maybe they say, "Hey, my niece or nephew is interested in uh, this particular type of you know plant biology experiment." I got to make sure they see this, yeah. that type of thing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It's like a fine balance in terms of like, uh, because there's something also beautiful about not knowing what you're watching also, <laughs> you know, like, and I think that's something like if somebody watches something on screen and they have no idea what it is, it like, it speaks to your like imagination. It's like, it could be anything, right? Like, uh, so I think there's also something beautiful about like, no disclaimers before watching like something and but you're right it's like uh i mean there's like both the one making it and the one receiving it right and how do you find that kind of right balance between the experience versus communication of data you know and information so cool so like we said the schedule is up on the website people can buy tickets to either individual features or shorts programs through that correct yeah, if you get the, it's called the Science New Wave Pass. If you get the pass, which is, uh, I think it's like $30, you get access to the entire festival, both online and in person. So you can go to the cinema, you can go online. I mean, there's like uh, 35 features and around 65 shorts. And it's packed because every day we have like five programs a day. Um, wow. And it's amazing films, um, what I call the science new wave films. Because and also this year we're paying tribute to to the French new wave. To obviously, I'm part French, so for me, all of like the passing of uh, of Jean Luc Godard. Um, uh, yeah. um, but a lot of the ideas of the French new wave, which were about experimentation, about kind of breaking with conventions, a lot of that is picked up a little bit with what we do. And we have a tribute to Godard. We're showing Alphaville, which is this like amazing science fiction noir movie. Um, we're showing his Godard's Alphaville on Saturday at 9 p.m. at Cinema Village, Saturday, October. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, we will have links for all of that for people to check out. Uh, and uh, I guess once they buy their tickets, they can also get access through... Labo Cine, if they want to. Yeah, and I would say that one of the big things about access to Labo Cine is to encourage everybody, you know, all of the people that are listening to create their profile on Habitat. Because I think the idea is that we're all, we're all hybrids, right? We're all multidisciplinary. We're professors, but also artists and filmmakers. And that's the idea of Habitat is to like embrace the diversity of like, you know, we're not only filmmakers, we're also like anthropologists and, and writers and all. So I would encourage everybody to complete their habitat profile so that um, so that they're kind of part of that ecosystem. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of part of the experience of the festival as well. 
Nice. And people can follow along on like Twitter and Instagram, some of the updates as well. Yeah, all of that we just posted. We, yeah, we just we're just announcing kind of the opening night film right now at, at the Museum of the Moving Image, and um, yeah, and we'll be yeah we'll be fully on social media, Excellent. hour by hour, minute by minute. So. <laughs> Great. We will have links to all of that uh, and to to your profile as well, Alexis, over at uh, uh, Cine and. Hopefully people, we can get more people joining Habitat to, to see what it's all about, being a creative on the filmmaking side and on the science side. And also for people that want to like just, you know, like even work opportunities, you know, if you're, if you're looking to work with a biologist and you're an animator, you know, I think Habitat will be really cool, like will be a really amazing platform to make those connections. And the other thing that we're going to launch also is a way for people to share video through Habitat. Like, so if I have like a rough cut of, or like a specific scientific video that I made, I can share it with, with people in my Habitat. And so, yeah, it's going to be super. It's, I'm very excited about the whole platform. So, Excellent. We'll have links to all of that uh, so people can explore at their own convenience during and after. The film festival yeah. alexis thank you thank you so so much for your time today and the amazing job you do with this film festival every year oh um, yeah thank you so much for for you know for being kind of there through the whole you know i remember slight uh, yeah it's it's been like um you guys have been been part of it since the beginning so i would also encourage everybody to read the manifest we have a manifesto of the science new wave and just read nice. it, read it. Um, and spread spread the science new wave movement around. But yeah, thank you so much for 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 being supporters out there. So I will find that uh, science manifest and make sure people have a link to it. And it's had it's typewritten. It's with a typewriter. Oh wow, old school. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, again, Alexis, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi right after this. Slice of Sci-Fi. Escape Pod is your destination for the best in modern short science fiction. Our intrepid crew of editors and hosts will bring you fun, thought-provoking, in-flight entertainment every week as the pod careens around the multiverse. In the mood for a classic, we've got Anson Mount, also known as Captain Christopher Pike, reading Theodore Sturgeon. Want something a little more up-to-date? Jennifer R. Donahue's surveillance fatigue has you covered in every sense. From classic space opera to intimate character drama, from heroic alien pets waiting for their families to herds of literal Einsteins and the benevolent conspiracy they're hatching. Escape Pod has it all at escapepod.org. So buckle up, because it's story time. Hi, I'm Aaron Ashmore from Sci-Fi's Killjoys, and you're listening to Slice of Sci-Fi.
And that's the Imagine Science Film Festival, the 15th annual festival happening October 14th through the 21st in New York City. Check the links on the Slice of Sci-Fi website and uh, the, the Twitter feeds for both Labocine and uh, Imagine Science. We have connections to those from our tweet for this. One of these days, I've been, I've been promising myself for years to get up to New York City to actually check these out, but I think I'm going to check out uh, the online stuff first because it's online. I don't have to spend a ton of money to get to New York City. <laughs> and uh, I can watch as many as I want as late as I want. So there. How about you? How do you feel about film festivals that are outside your normal genre range? Let me know. Call in. The number is 602-635-6976 or send me an email, summer at sliceofsci-fi.com. You can also come by the website, sliceofsci-fi.com, and leave your feedback in the discussion sections for this episode. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Player FM, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple or Stitcher, please feel free to leave us a review or a rating. It helps signal boost the show, letting folks know that you are enjoying it and maybe they should check it out for themselves. Oh, also, you can leave a rating or a review through Podchaser. I'd like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support Slice of Sci-Fi, either through donations through PayPal, pledges through Patreon, and purchases through sliceofsci-fi.net. All of your support does really truly help keep things online around here, the websites, the media, all of it. And it's not just Slice of Sci-Fi. Uh, there are other podcasts that are supported by your contributions. Uh, Writers After Dark is where I talk to authors of uh, genre fiction mostly. And editors. Uh, haven't talked to any agents yet, but I could. <laughs> and of course there's the Babylon podcast which is following the current efforts to get a Babylon 5 reboot on the CW in 2023 yes plans were made plans are still active to my knowledge and uh, we are hoping for some more quality science fiction coming to our television screens next year. But if you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash slice of sci-fi. Pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks. Every month I pick a winner out of the proverbial hat, and that person gets to choose from a Blu-ray, a 4K, a DVD, or a book. Most of the review materials 
<laughs> that uh, I receive here for Slice of Sci-Fi and Writers After Dark, I can't keep. Um, just, you know, space and logistics reasons. So supporters and patrons of the shows get first dibs. That's some really, really cool stuff. But if you're not interested in the in the goodies and just want to support every now and then, the links to use are Kofi, ko-fi.com slash slice of sci-fi and paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back with more Slice of Sci-Fi next week. Take care. Mm-hmm.